are actually wrapping up our series on the gifts of the Holy Spirit today. So there are nine gifts. We did the first two together, and we're doing the last two together. So seven messages in the series. And today, specifically, we're going to be looking at the gifts of tongues, different kinds of tongues, other tongues, and the interpretation of tongues. So we're going to look at them together today. Now, we've been blessed to be able to go through all the gifts throughout this series. The word of wisdom, word of knowledge, and we're going to be reading them in a bit, all of the nine gifts listed in Corinthians. And God has been faithful to allow us to see demonstration of each of the gifts throughout the entire series. And again, today, we'll take time as well for other tongues and interpretation. But let's look at the gifts listed in 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 7. And it says, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the same Spirit, and to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, and to another different kinds of tongues, and to another the interpretation of tongues. But one in the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. All right, so specifically today, looking at the last two, and it is the gift of other tongues and the interpretation of tongues. So quick, simple definition, different kinds of tongues when we're talking about the Holy Spirit. What does that mean? It simply means speaking in another language you have not learned. This can be an earthly or a heavenly language given to you by the Holy Spirit. All right, so pretty simple. Other tongues or other language. It can be an actual other language that you didn't learn and somebody else recognizes it, or it can be a heavenly language that the Holy Spirit's speaking through you to God in prayer. Now, the interpretation of tongues, well, you don't really need a definition for that. It means you can interpret a language that someone's speaking in the Holy Spirit whether that's a heavenly language or another language that you don't know. Okay? Pretty simple, right? But it is by the Holy Spirit. And this is an important gift as well, just like all the others. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are for believers, Christians, and those gifts are for our benefit, for our good. They allow us to be able to fulfill the kingdom purpose God has placed in us. They allow us to build ourselves up, to minister to those around us. So the gifts are important for sure. So different kinds of tongues was prophesied in the Old Testament. We don't actually read it happening in the Old Testament. It was prophesied for after the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Isaiah 28 and verse 11 is one of those prophecies. Isaiah 28 verse 11 says, For with stammering lips and another tongue he will speak to his people, to whom he said, This is the rest with which you may cause the weary to rest, and this is the refreshing, yet they would not hear. Okay, so Holy Spirit being poured out is a refreshing, and it brings rest to a weary soul. The Holy Spirit brings life, and it's awesome. And in this verse, he speaks about 
stammering lips and another tongue. And we'll see in a New Testament verse that they specifically said this was prophetic to tongues. Let's go to Joel 2.28. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And it is prophetic about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. It's prophetic to the time when God would allow his spirit to fill believers. And he makes it clear that there's no one left out. Old, young, men, women, uh, servants. Culturally, there would be no one left out. Age-wise, no one left out. Gender, no one left out. So the Holy Spirit is there for each of us. Now, when you read through this verse, I want to encourage you, you don't have to be an old man to dream dreams. Okay, it's not saying that the gift's specific to old men or, you know, so you can be young, you can be a lady and young and have dreams from God. Okay, they're not specific to that. The context, the way it's worded is to try to get each of the gifts in and cover every, saying it's for everybody. Okay? Also, if you're really old and you're having visions, it doesn't actually mean you're young. You can still be old. Okay, never mind. We'll just leave that there. <laughs> All right. So it is for anyone, those gifts. Now, Jesus also spoke to his followers when he was walking on the earth, leading them and said, this is what's coming. And he prophesied about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. He spoke to them many times about, I'm going to send another comforter. He's going to guide you into all truth. And he was talking about when the Holy Spirit would come and overflow them. But in Mark 16, verse 17, he says this. He says, these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. So these signs will follow them that believe. And of course, those that were following him already believed, but he was speaking about after that they're filled with the Holy Spirit. All right, and the very first time that we see the followers of Christ speak in other tongues is after they're filled with the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. And... They are gathered together in an upper room. They are praying and asking God for the promise of the Holy Spirit. They're actually desiring to be filled. And they are together in a way they're actually hiding out. They're not feeling too bold after everything that's happened with Christ being crucified. And uh, they're a little bit nervous, but they're there praying and saying, God, pour out upon us. And Acts chapter 2 verse 1 says this. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. They began to speak other languages that they weren't taught or didn't know. Now, 
Let me mention something just briefly in this little portion that we read. Did anyone else besides me notice that they were together praying, the Holy Spirit poured out upon them, and they were sitting? Sometimes we have a mindset that there's one specific way you have to pray to receive. But there is no specific way in Scripture. Truly, God is looking at your heart. If you, from your heart, want to kneel down when you pray, then you should kneel down when you pray from your heart. If you want to stand up when you pray, then you should stand up when you you pray. But there's no certain action that's going to cause God to pour it out on you. It's simply from your heart asking him. And I found that interesting. They were seated when they were filled. Seated, standing. I've seen people filled it. All different ways, laying on the floor, you don't have to do that here today, it's okay, but hey, some people pray at home, they want to lay on the floor, go ahead. If God is really stirring your heart and you feel you want to walk or stand, or the prayer should be from the heart, that's key. All right, now, verse 5, they were dwelling in Jerusalem There were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And when this sound occurred, the multitude came together and were confused because everyone heard them speak in his own language. And then they were all amazed and marveled, saying to one another, Look, are not all these who speak Galileans? And how is it that we hear each in our own language in which we were born? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, those dwelling in Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontius in Asia, Pergia and Pamphylia, Egypt and parts of Libya adjoining Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs. We hear them speaking in our own tongues the wonderful works of God. All right, so when Holy Spirit fills someone uh, with this gift of tongues, as happened here, they begin to speak in another language they didn't know. Now, again, I mentioned it can be a language somebody else knows or it could be a heavenly language. In this case, they were speaking languages that other people knew and they were talking about Jesus Christ and the price that he paid. They were talking about salvation and they must have been a little bit loud because it drew a crowd. Look at someone and say, it's okay to be loud. Okay, good. We got that out of the way. All right. I read a little bit in here, and I found out heaven's going to be loud. But don't worry. None of us will have ear problems in heaven, so we'll be okay. <laughs> you know, I know if, if you have an ear issue, it's, it's not a good thing at all. And uh, I understand that. So God can heal ear issues. But it's okay to be loud. It was loud in this situation people gathered together and they heard the good news of Jesus. And the thing is, they heard the good news of Jesus and it actually says Peter then filled them in, gave them a little more, and thousands accepted Christ. So the gift of the Holy Spirit draws the unsaved because they realize this is something beyond the natural. Okay? This is not just somebody's idea This is not just somebody smart talking to us. This is not somebody just trying to convince us with words. This is more than that. The Apostle Paul said, I didn't come 
with words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power. Okay? So God wants us as believers to allow the gifts to work because they show his supernatural power. And trust me, the world needs his love and his supernatural power. Now, speaking language that others understand that you didn't know happens today as well in praying in tongues. I remember my younger sister uh, telling me about a time at a meeting, and my younger sister is a singer and often is leading worship in meetings that she's at. But in this one meeting, she felt to pray in tongues. And so she prayed in tongues as long as she felt to, a language she didn't know when she was praying and After that meeting, a lady came up to her and said, thank you, thank you so much for praying for me there. She said, the prayer was exactly what I needed. It was for me. And the lady said, but I didn't know that you could speak perfect Cree. My sister told her, well, I can't. I was praying in tongues, but it was perfect Cree, and it was a prayer needed for that lady. So yes, praying in tongues can come out in a language that somebody knows and needs to hear. When people people were filled with the Holy Spirit, tongues was also a sign that they were filled. So we're talking about the gift of tongues, but also there was a sign of tongues that often they knew right away, oh look, they're filled because we hear them speaking in languages they don't know. I'll give you a couple of those verses today. Acts 10, 46. It says, while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell on all those who heard the word. And those of the circumcision who believed were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. And Peter answered, can anyone forbid water that these should not be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? So at this time, Peter, who is a Jew, has God miraculously give him a vision that he needs to go speak to these other people. Because you see, initially the Jews received the gospel, but God wanted everybody to receive it. So they went and they were speaking to a group of people that they would have called Gentiles. In other words, not Jews. And culturally, they actually looked down on others who weren't part of their group. But here they were telling them the good news of Jesus. And as they did, the people obviously believed in their heart. And immediately after they had believed in their heart, the Holy Spirit fills them and pours out on them. And they begin to speak in other tongues. And Peter says, oh, wow. Obviously they're saved and they're speaking in tongues. I think, guys, we should forget about our prejudice and we should get them baptized. You ever met anybody you didn't think should go to church or you didn't think that they could be saved? God will save anybody. It doesn't matter who. Okay? And so he does, and then they have a water baptism. And of course, I can't go to water baptism and not remind you, we have a water baptism coming up. February 26th and 27th. We have a number of people signed up already for the water baptism. So if you have not yet been water baptized, uh, you know, it, we have a big tank that we set up here, and it's here at each service, whichever service you're a part of, uh, we will get you water baptized. And it is an amazing time 
a time of celebration. It's a time where you publicly share to those around you that I'm a Christian, I believe. And with that water baptism, uh, we encourage people to invite friends and family who they want to see, who they want to say, look, this is the new me. This is what I'm doing, okay? So if you haven't yet, make sure we get your name and we'll contact you at a little closer to the time as well and make sure you're, what service you're going to be at and it's going to be really good. All right. Acts 19 and verse 6 is another one we read where they knew they were filled because they were speaking in tongues. It says, well, I'm going to start at verse 5 actually. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. So in this situation, he found a group of people who uh, were aware of what John preached and understood repenting from sin, but they didn't really understand Christ and what he had supplied. So they were water baptized first. Then after water baptism, Paul prays for them, puts his hand on them, and they're filled with the Holy Spirit. So once again, Scripture helps us to realize we can't say, oh, I have a certain way it should be done. Don't ever do it differently. The Lord likes to do it differently. But again, what is the thing? Your heart. You're asking him to fill you with the Holy Spirit from your heart. He's ready and willing to do it. Okay. Who wants God to do great things for them from your heart? All right. And I'm giving you some good news today because you don't have to do it the same way I do. You don't have to pray the same way I do. You don't have to act like I do. You, from your heart, be sincere with him and say, Lord, fill me. Give me the gifts that I need to operate with, and he will. Tongues are for prayer and building ourselves up spiritually. Look at Romans 8, 26. It says, Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. So praying in the Holy Spirit or in tongues allows Holy Spirit to pray the perfect prayer through us when we don't know what to pray. Maybe you're in a situation and you have no idea, what should I pray? I don't know. Should I pray that this happens or this happens? Well, great news. You can pray in the Holy Spirit. You can pray in tongues and he'll pray exactly what needs to be prayed. All right? So allowing him to use your voice, your tongue, and beginning to speak in language you don't know, and he's speaking through you the perfect prayer. Jude 1 and verse 20. But you, beloved, building yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. It is important that we build ourselves up in our faith. And he says you do that by praying in the Holy Spirit, praying in tongues. So it is important, and it's good for being built up. <laughs> you need to be built up. We all do. We need to allow Holy Spirit to fill us and build us up. You know, I do pray in tongues, and as we go through some of these, you'll see that tongues is for us to build ourselves up. And that we're going to talk about how it works in a church setting. But most often tongues is uh, in your private prayer time. And 
It's for you to be built up and for you to know how to pray. And I, I do love praying in the Holy Spirit, but often it's a little bit here, a little bit there. When I was praying and preparing this message this week, I was like, I really want to take some time to pray in tongues in the Holy Spirit in my private time. And I had an opportunity on Thursday morning, and I had our almost two-year-old daughter with me here at the church. Uh, Beatrice was helping at the preschool. And uh, I took some time, took her back to the toddler room back here. I sometimes forget to mention this, but there's a toddler room and a nursery, and they both have TVs that show what's happening right now. So there's a camera, and it goes to the TV in the hall area, and it's both TVs in there now. So you can hear and see if you have to look after your little one if they're getting out of hand. That's back there. My little one wasn't getting out of hand, but I knew she likes the slide in the cars, and I knew if I take her back there, I can pray while she plays. So sure enough, she got to play in, and I got to pray in. That sounds pretty cool. <laughs> okay. And uh, I like to pray walking, so I was walking along, praying in tongues, and pretty soon I was doing laps, I guess. She thought we were playing a game, so she started chasing me, and then I started chasing her, and then we started doing airplanes, all the while praying in tongues. It was good. And uh, she wasn't praying in tongues, but I can't always understand what she's saying. But anyhow, she was having fun. But I felt so built up after. I felt so amazing from taking some extended time just praying and allowing the Spirit to build me up. So I want to encourage you, uh, if you already pray in tongues, make sure and make time to do it. If you don't yet have that gift and you want it, we'll make time to pray about that at the end of today's service. Now, as we mentioned with all the gifts throughout the series, the gifts must be used with love, okay? The gifts are no good if we don't first have love. And that comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 1. It says, Though I speak with the tongues of men and angels, but have not love, I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. In other words, without love, the gifts become annoying and push people away. Okay, so this gift of tongues... If we don't have love, we can't use it and make it effective. Now, how would that look for me? Let's say I'm at a prayer meeting and I want to pray in tongues, but someone beside me is a little nervous of that. Oh, I don't know. Well, out of love, I wouldn't pray in tongues there. I'd pray in tongues private. Or maybe I'm praying for a friend or someone here at the church, and I'm like, I don't have a clue what to pray for them. I'm going to pray in tongues. So out of love, I would ask them, hey, are you okay with me praying in tongues for you? Because I don't even know what to pray right now. And they say, yes, then I pray in tongues. So love first allows the gifts to be useful and to do what needs to be done. The gifts cannot be used in pride or arrogance or to show off. This is not what they're for. Okay? Plain and simple. All right. For tongues to be useful to those around us, there must be interpretation of tongues. So here's where we're going to get to how tongues can help others around us. Because what we've shared so far, it's for us, it's for building us, and in our private prayer, we should be using it. But for it to be helpful to others, there needs to be interpretation. So 1 Corinthians chapter 14 has a lot to say about it. 
We're going to start with verse 1. It says, let love be your highest goal, but you should also desire the special abilities the Spirit gives, especially the ability to prophesy. For if you have the ability to speak in tongues, you will be talking only to God since people won't be able to understand you. You will be speaking by the power of the Spirit, but it will all be mysterious. But one who prophesies strengthens others, encourages others, and comforts them. A person who speaks in tongues is strengthened personally, but one who speaks a word of prophecy strengthens the entire church. I wish you could all speak in tongues, but even more, I wish you could all prophesy. For prophecy is greater than speaking in tongues unless, everybody say unless, unless someone interprets what you are saying so that the whole church will be strengthened. Obviously, church, if I came up today and for the whole 40 minutes that I was sharing, I just spoke in tongues. Well, by 40 minutes, none of you would probably still be here, but most of you would be like, huh, it makes no sense. What's he doing? I don't understand. And then I finished, well, go home, everybody. You would feel odd. Similar if I just spoke a different language that none of you knew. I remember uh, a number of years ago, my wife and I, we would travel to meetings and we'd go to meetings in areas where they did speak a language I didn't know. It made no sense to me, but I was blessed with an amazing wife and she would interpret because she knew the language. And man, she would hear the message and interpret to me and then I could amen and then I could be a part of it. Interpretation is important. I also remember hearing a story recently, actually, from a young lady who's actually right back there, and she told me about a time when they first attended our church, and they had recently come from another place, and she did not know any English. And she said, she even mentioned her husband, I don't know if I want to go, I won't understand anything. And when she came into the church, she didn't understand anybody talking, she didn't understand anybody here didn't really understand words in the songs, but she said when the message started, all of a sudden she understood every word of the message for the entire message. When the message was over, once again, people talking and she understood nothing. And I was like, that is so cool. That's the gift of interpretation because God wanted you to hear the message. And I thought to myself, thank you, Lord, because often I will pray, Lord, open our ears Let people's spirit understand your word today. I never thought about somebody who didn't know English, but he did. And God wants people to hear his word. So that is the gift of interpretation that God gave you right at that time. Pretty cool, eh? It's a gift of Holy Spirit working for your benefit. So yes, God wants his people to be blessed. So when there are tongues, there must be interpretation in the church setting. I'm going to read a few more verses from chapter 14 as well, but so you understand the context, Paul, by the Holy Spirit, and for our benefit as well, was talking to the Corinthian church who had maybe gotten out of order, in a sense, kind of inward-focused and crazy, so that any time someone would come in from outside who wasn't yet saved, they'd turn around and leave. So they were becoming ineffective even though they were all using their gifts. 
because they were all using them at the exact same time. In other words, if you'd walked in to the Corinthian church and this was the Corinthian church and you'd never been to church before, you'd come in and everybody would be talking in a different language, everybody would be prophesying at the same time, and you would go, I don't understand anything, and you'd leave. So they'd become ineffective, so Paul was trying to encourage them, hey, put some order to it so that it benefits others. Because the church's purpose is not just for all of us to be loud and doing it at the same time. Our purpose is to reach the lost. Our purpose is to reach the community. So we need to make sure that they understand what we're saying and what we're doing. And when they understand what we're saying and what we're doing, and then we allow the gifts in an orderly way to work, they're going to be transformed. Okay, so that's what he is telling them, and he speaks to them about prophesying and about tongues as well. So let's read a couple more verses so you now have the context of what Paul's speaking about. He says, So anyone who speaks in tongues should pray also for the ability to interpret what has been said. For if I pray in tongues, my spirit is praying, but I don't understand what I'm saying. Well then, what will I do? I will pray in the spirit, and I will also pray in words I understand. I will sing in the spirit, and I also will sing in words I understand. For if you praise God only in the spirit, how can those who don't understand you praise God along with you? How can they join you in giving thanks when they don't understand what you're saying? You will be giving thanks very well, but it won't strengthen the people who hear you. I thank God that I speak in tongues more than any of you. But in a church meeting, I would rather speak five understandable words to help others than 10,000 words in an unknown language. And finally, 1 Corinthians, the same chapter, 14, verse 27. He says this to them. Here's how it should be. If anyone speaks in a tongue, let there be two or at the most three, each in turn. So one at a time. And let one interpret. So again, in the church setting, if there were tongues to be spoken, there should also be interpretation for the church's benefit. But if there's no interpreter, let him keep silent in the church and let him speak to himself and to God. Okay, so interpretation is important. If you don't understand, if people don't understand that have come in, they won't be able to receive what we're trying to have them receive. I remember a time early in our marriage, my wife and I were newly married, and uh, actually we will have been married 25 years this summer. That's pretty awesome. Of course, it's been way better for me probably than her, but I'm happy. And so it'll be 25 years, but when we first got married, um, we would visit from time to time, and actually, we actually stayed with my wife's parents for a, quite a while. They wanted us to travel with them, so we stayed there, and my wife's father always spoke in Cree. Uh, he was really good at speaking Cree, and he would speak to his wife and the family, and they would speak back to him in Cree. So often in the house, everybody was speaking Cree, but I didn't know Cree. My wife tried to teach me a little bit. After almost 25 years, I know three or four words, so I'm a slow learner. But anyhow, they would be speaking sometimes, and I remember there was 